What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to chapter 166 of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, The Gang's All Here episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Annie Kelly, Julian Field, Liv Agar, and Travis View. This week, we wanted to get the whole damn gang right back together to just kind of chat about a variety of things that have come up. It feels like the perfect week for a bunch of little news things and a lot of conversation. So I guess uh, we'll be getting out the popcorn and you can eat uh, these little kernels one by one, QAnon style. Uh, And by the way, welcome everybody. How's everyone doing? Doing good. Glad to be back. Glad to be back riffing on the pod with everybody. Yeah, I didn't even really have much to add to this week. I just missed you all so much. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm running on I'm running on fumes. We had two uh, video game remasters released last night at midnight. Okay. You had the GTA trilogy and Skyrim for the eleventh time, and so <laughs> every time Skyrim comes out, you have to buy it. I'm I am ten thousand dollars in debt because of my Skyrim purchases. <laughs> Is this just the same game over and over? Or do you mean like, uh, I don't know, like expansion packs or, or stuff like that? Annie, that's spoken like someone who has not played the Monkey Paw Quest 12 times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the Golden Claw, Julian. Get it to, get it right. Which I have played like 24 times because I always like I always boot up Skyrim and I'm like, oh boy, a beautiful world. Oh, a little bit better graphics this time. I do the Golden Claw quest and I'm like, I have played all of this. I have played this for years and years and years, and I and I've become depressed and I and I quit the game. I well, first I try to install some mods, I break the game, and then I quit. Nice. So we've been doing a lot of productive things. Like the Golden Claw. Oh, it was Travis's birthday, too. He doesn't like to mention that kind of stuff, but it's definitely his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Travis. <laughs> Happy birthday. Well, thank you. I saw today a meme where bald, uh, uh, sorry, smooth Travis was integrated into the pantheon of uh, ascended masters around, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it was good. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking, looking forward to talking about all these uh, legitimately awful things that are popping up in the news. Um and curious yeah, things. Yeah, so we're going to kick off right away mm-hmm. with a mass casualty event, this lighthearted yeah. comedy podcast. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the uh, horrible events at the Astworld uh, Music Festival, which uh, Travis Scott, the rapper, performed. So what happened was that on November 5th, uh, uh, Travis Scott took to the stage at the Astworld Festival. This, this resulted in, the crowd, in a crowd crush incident that uh, resulted in eight deaths and many more injuries. Uh, Scott performed for 37 minutes, and this was reportedly just a hellish, chaotic time for the people who were pressed by the thousands of bodies who were rushing the stage. Uh, according to reports, some fans climbed speaker riggings to escape the crush. Some fans screamed for medical help and even carried unconscious bodies away from the main crowd. Uh, some waved their hands to attract Scott's attention, uh, but these efforts were initially unsuccessful. Uh, one video from the scene shows fans chanting, Stop the show as Scott continues performing. Stop the show! 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 
nightmare situation. So the eight fatalities from the incident range in ages from 14 to 27. Uh, 25 others were evacuated to local hospitals, including 11 people found in a state of cardiac arrest. Uh, several victims remained in critical condition at local hospitals for days for uh, various injuries, including a nine-year-old in a medically induced coma after being trampled. So unimaginably just horrific, hellish, uh, arguably caused by serious negligence from the event organizers. I mean, hopefully there's, I, I, there's there are lawsuits. There's going to be an investigation. So I hope uh, we uh, get a better handle of exactly what went so horribly wrong because um, hopefully the fallout results in like better safety procedures as venues. So nobody else, including like literal children, uh, died because they went to a concert. But unfortunately, on uh, many parts of social media, it did not lead to a sober discussion of the importance of venue security. Rather, it led to speculation that Travis Scott was taking part in some sort of satanic or occult ritual that led to these deaths. For example, here's one podcaster's take on uh, that incident. And many people for a long time have uh, associated Travis Scott with the Illuminati, right? Freemasonry, uh, Satanism, Luciferianism, there's a million names but it's all really the same face right and the way that this takes place this kabbalah magic this witchcraft is in a ritualistic form i saw a lot of people claim that the stage at the uh event was like in the form of an inverted cross that went to a portal to hell and of course they pointed out a lot of weird imagery at at concerts as there are at any high production value concerts. That's the idea to create, create the sort of otherworldly weird experience. So, uh, yeah. So, so satanic panic, you know, never left us. It, uh, started with, uh, you know, the Puritans, in new England, <laughs> it just never, ever stopped. There were tons of videos going around on TikTok and Instagram of, you know, people just kind of feeding these conspiracy theories. There was one I saw where uh, people were claiming that uh, the six hours leading up to the show, that there was a frequency being played over the speakers that were designed to uh, instill fear and sort of like whip the whip the crowd up. Um, it was amazing to see all of the conspiracies just instantly sort of flood, you know, social media. Yeah. The I saw Infowars basically uh, you know opening a segment with a teenager who was there who was previously a Travis Scott fan but now decided not only is he satanic but also like I'm going to bake this and so infowars was just like showing her video basically and traumatized teens as well presumably yeah. if she oh, was there like if, yeah. i mean i don't want to yeah i mean i know it's no surprise to anyone infowars doing something unethical but that does distract me as so unethical mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's remarkable it can't just be that like this was a poorly organized concert where travis scott was an idiot and wanted people to rush the stage and, and the event organizers saw the people there as, like, cattle and didn't really care about them. Mm -hmm. it, there has to be some secret, you know, plan behind it that, that has to be baked in literally everything. I, I guess this, in, at least in this case, they tried, like, Travis Scott is using satanic imagery-ish, like, to be edgy. Yeah. So it's, but it doesn't, like, regardless of that, this would have happened. 
But that that's yeah. I mean that's the that's the trend, right? I mean Playboy Cardi uh, put out a whole album where the whole thing was that he was a vampire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know he did the photo shoot. And he had the fangs and yeah, the vamp yeah. anthem I mean, is one of the songs. Yeah, vamp anthem. Yeah, you know Cardi. I mean, Little Nas X also, of course, intentionally trying oh, to yeah. provoke people who are prone to satanic panic in a variety of ways. It, one thing it really reminded me of going back to terrible crowd crush uh, in the UK was the the Hillsborough tragedy. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, uh, which this was in 1989, where 96 people at a football stadium were in essentially the same way, hemmed in up against barriers. There were far too many of them and the police um, and venue officials kept on putting more and more of them in. And it was, you know, just a horrible tragedy. But But there was another sort of conspiracy going on there where people tried to blame the crowd essentially for what had happened and you know uh, the sun and all these tabloid newspapers were spreading rumors that you know they'd been all been drunk including some of the children that had died and had been you know urinating on dead bodies and stuff all of which turned out not to be true and this was kind of part of a central police cover-up to um, cover up their own culpability essentially um, but it is something that is kind of that happens a lot with crowd crushes. Essentially, is that people don't know. There's too many people hemmed in, and so the people on the outside simply don't know what's happening on the inside. And so, yeah, even if people were kind of you know pushing and shoving and climbing on ambulance and stuff like that, again, I kind of want to be hesitant about saying that it, you know their behaviour was um, their behaviour was you know the problem in any way because it does kind of feel like. They should never have been in that situation to be climbing up ambulances. No, yeah, it was a it was a chaotic scene, and when you're dealing with like tens of thousands of people in an open field, I mean, this is again, I think, uh, falls on the um, the shoulders of the event organizers to you know be able to safely corral that many people and uh, make sure that this sort of thing doesn't happen. You know, uh, coincidentally, my daughter is uh, studying the crucible in school at the moment. What a perfect time for it. Arthur Miller, of course, wrote that play about the Salem witch trials as an allegory for McCarthyism to suggest, well, OK, so in the, in the you know, the first European settlers of America were, you know, paranoid and thought that there was uh, there was Satan be- behind everything. And we're and we're kind of doing that now with McCarthyism and the hunt for communists. When I feel like the real lesson should be is that. The European settlers of America were paranoid about Satan now and forever, <laughs> and this is just the way it's always been. This is who, this is just the the the, the way the, the lens they view the world, and they're always be finding someone to uh, uh, cry occultism or Satanism towards. Yeah, there was something else that I noticed about the Astro World story, which was that almost immediately before there were even really any details out, TMZ reported. Um, security at the concert saying that they had been injected with something, some kind of drug or something. I, I found a quote from TMZ. The Houston PD's chief, Troy Finner, just confirmed what we'd been told, namely that at least one person had been injected with something via needle, and there may well have been more. Chief Finner said a security guard working the event felt a prick in his neck by an unknown assailant while he was trying to restrain a citizen, and he quickly fell unconscious. Finner says the guard was revived by use of Narcan, and that medical personnel did indeed see something on his neck that indicated he'd been stabbed with a syringe. 
Now, I was kind of naturally a little skeptical about this, not least because of what I was talking about with Hillsborough and security guards sort of trying to evade responsibility. And it turns out I was right to be. Um, later updates had the police chief saying that this was bad information and the security guard was just punched, not injected with anything. But the story immediately grabbed my attention because it seemed to mirror similar rumours that are going around the UK at the minute, that there's an epidemic of young people in nightclubs being injected with unknown mind-altering drugs. The most recent statistics I could find on this had it at about 166 reports of this happening all across the country, which were from mid-October, so it's probably a lot more by now. And the phenomenon's being called needle spiking in the press. I was going to ask, is this like, you know, just like a kind of more hardcore version of the opening a can of beans on your front stoop thing that's been going around as Wait, well? what is that? The U- <laughs> yeah, there's, there's been <laughs> a rash of like bean attacks or something and they've even come up with a name for it and it's essentially just people like opening tin cans on people's stoops and and they take photos and they go like look it happened again it's a rash throughout the city (laughs) bean attacks oh my god that's that's a harmless that's a harmless prank i wish i wish people would get back to those kind of pranks you know Mm -hmm. can of beans a flaming bag of feces you know i mean it's annoying uh, but nobody's yeah, did, getting hurt. Are people like starting to bake it though? Are they saying, you know, like if you have beans on your porch, this means that, you know, you're going to be burglarized or trafficked or whatever? The main theory was not like human trafficking. It was if we pour a can of beans on your front stoop and it isn't cleaned up in a few days, we know you're not home. Oh. And so we can rob your place. <laughs> yeah. Neighbors are baffled as UK police uh. search for baked bean vandal. So, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> the oh victims are understandably distressed by this unacceptable behavior, Surrey police wrote in a Facebook post. So I hope someone spills the beans on who it might be, one user posted. Okay, well, the UK is great in general, but yeah, let's play this clip. Great stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Fake island. It's terrifying. When I was going, I was almost in and out of consciousness. That point forward, my memory is gone. They were effectively saying... It seems as if you've been spiked. Sarah and Zara say they were spiked by needles on a night out, and they're not the only ones. More than 20 young women from across the country have shared their experiences with Sky News. Students have called it a spiking outbreak. Groups across the country are organising nightclub boycotts, and a petition calling on them to do more has reached over 100,000 signatures. We've heard from a number of young women in Scotland, Manchester, Cardiff and Liverpool who claim they've been spiked by injection on a night out. The gap in the middle, I've got no memory. It's not a blur, it's not a, this could have happened but I don't remember, it's a complete blackout. Apparently when I was throwing up, I was almost in and out of consciousness instantly, which is just strange, it's really out of character. And then I just started apparently screaming, which I don't remember. And then the next morning I woke up, obviously with this memory loss, but with a really sharp pain in my leg. My hand had, it was kind of a developing bruise at this point, it wasn't fully developed, but it had like a mark on it and the bruise was just kind of coming out and it got darker over the process of the next few days. I moved my hand and then there was a little mini pinprick on my thigh and I thought, well, that's where all the pain is. It's all shooting to that one little epicenter of pain. And then I kind of did put two and two together and I thought, I've lost my memory, my leg is really sore and there's a pinprick wound. And I just thought, 
it's that. As horrible as it is to admit it, and I was terrified to even admit it. It just makes me feel really, really sick and just really angry as well. Who goes around with a bunch of needles in their pocket, you know, goes to the nightclub, you know? Uh... Right. I mean, I want to tread really carefully here uh, because I believe those girls when they say that they have been spiked with something. Yeah. Um, and I think they're really brave to come forward with their story. I've had to go with a friend to the police before when their drink was spiked at a club. So I know firsthand just how harrowing and traumatic the entire experience can be. But having said that, I'm not convinced that these spikings are happening via injections in this case. Um, it's possible to me that it could have initially been injections where the first numerous incidents of this were reported, which as far as I can tell was in Nottingham initially. And it's worth noting that two arrests have been made there, but very little detail other than that has been released to the press. So essentially we don't know if they were injecting people. But an organised yet remarkably well-hidden gang of spikers working across the country together all at once just doesn't really make sense to me. For one thing, it seems like a really difficult thing to do. Spiking people's drinks is actually a lot more common than people assume, but nearly always the substance in question is just more or stronger alcohol than the victim thinks is in there. Now, that's not less serious by any means. It actually has the exact same effect of incapacitating someone very quickly, and it will pretty much always be written off by the police as just someone who can't handle their drink. So from the spiker's point of view, it's very low risk. By contrast, spiking someone with a needle involves sneaking a syringe into the club, presumably being able to find a vein in a crowded, poorly lit room, and injecting them undetected. It's essentially spiking someone on the hardest mode you can imagine. And it's not really clear for what purpose. As far as I can tell, there's been no crimes after the person's been spiked reported. John Slaughter, a forensic toxicologist at a leading bioanalysis and toxicology laboratory, also said this in an interview for Full Fact, a fact-checking website. If someone is jabbed with a syringe, then the reflex action is going to be to move away within a second or two. The opportunity for someone to actually inject enough drug from that syringe to have the effect, I would think, is fairly low. I'm not saying it's absolutely impossible. I'm just saying, in my opinion, it's unlikely. Yeah, I, I'm choosing choosing to believe that uh, that this is unlikely because if we've got uh, you know assaulters going around with needles injecting some like crazy drug into people's veins like in the club then we're in like judge dread territory and I I really don't know like how we come back from that yeah yeah people people like baking their experiences and especially like I mean in a lot of these cases where it's mm. like a genuinely traumatic experience like if it's very easy if you see that on the news you're like maybe that happened to me this reads a bit like razor blades in the candy on halloween like just a, a recurring scare a bit like a satanic panic but just that that scare of my child is out there in this in this kind of cursed fallen world and like what you know what's what could happen to them sickos what have they invented this time you know yeah, that's exactly what I thought. And I thought, like, particularly with this very strange coincidence of the Astroworld story, the um, rumours of a security guard being injected, I almost started to wonder if needle spiking was becoming something of a folk demon, like a story that might have its mm -hmm. roots in factual events, but becomes fantastical and omnipresent as a way to express people's unspoken fears and anxieties. 
It hardly seems coincidental to me, for one thing, that this story is taking off at the exact time more people are talking about a new vaccine than ever. Mm -hmm. Perhaps even if you're like not anti-vax in the slightest, these kind of natural fears that people have about allowing something into your body, something which could potentially change you, relinquishing your control in that way, are kind of becoming reformulated or like expressed through this story. Mm. Or... Annie is wandering around trying yes. to give people the vaccine the best way she knows. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone vigilante. <laughs> and another thing is like there were genuinely people I saw on Twitter, like right wing people who were like, these people are passing out. It's probably because mm, of the vaccine. Yeah. They're having car- heart cardiac arrests because of the heart symptoms. Like, like so and, and I'm, I would imagine that's partially in relation to the syringe story. But just in general, like if you're if you're anti-vax and you want to bake something, mm. all of this has to be connected. And I would imagine that in the, the UK context, that's probably also related. Oh, they are going wild with it. Yeah, I sort of didn't bring that up because I kind of wanted to talk about the, the, the heart of the story. But yeah, as you can imagine, they are going absolutely nuts for this story. I mean, that's what like all of this is. It's just people just punching up reality in one sense or another. Like it's not it's not enough that there that, you know, um, you know, there there's many innocent deaths due to negligence. You need to punch it up so that there's a narrative about like mm-hmm. Satanism and Travis Scott performing some kind of a cultish r- ritual that makes it happen. It's not, it's not enough that a cop was just like, you know, punched in the line of duty. It's like, let's punch it up. Let's let's, let's give it uh, let's give it a little bit of panache. Yeah. <laughs> For, for the script, right, in our minds. Because yeah. reality, reality is just too mundane and horrifying for us to process it as it is. We need a little color. So we, we color it every day. Yeah, they need to kind of transform it into spiritual warfare of some kind, right? Or like kind of battle between good and evil in order to like process just, yeah, horrible, avoidable deaths of people who were all younger than me, like all very young. It can't just be like the profit motive uh, working in tandem with the logistics uh, of the people organizing it and their own greed. And that because that's too horrifying. People being ground up in the margins of like sure. a festival budget, essentially. Yeah, that that's too. And it's boring. And it's depressing. People understand at some level that like they are being pushed around by these larger forces that they can't control. But it's just the idea that like. Oh, it's just this organizing company that didn't care enough to do security. Is like that's not fun. I want to be pushed <laughs> yeah. around by the fucking devil. That's what actually happened. I mean, it doesn't help that like you know the concert is very visually impressive, very narrative, uh, and so you are already in a fantasy world where you're playing with like satanic stuff, and then you're being choked to death in a pit. Like that fucking sucks. That is hell. It is not literal hell. And it is still wrong for the Daily Caller uh, to release an article that says Astral World Fallout exorcists and demonologists break down the satanic influence at Travis Scott's deadly concert. Right. You know, they got the top demonologists on the Jack case. Jack Greenberg, by the way, wrote this. Thank you, Jack. You absolute legend. Uh, I wanted to read a couple passages, but it kind of opens by mentioning that this whole article is based on social media users on Twitter and TikTok sharing videos and theories speculating that, quote, the concert from hell resulted from demonic activity. So, you, you know, as a reporter working for Tucker Carlson, it's important to follow up on just like random people screaming stuff online. 
And then, so then they start to kind of like read stuff off, like, oh, there was the, you know, the tagline, see you on the other side. There was the poster. There's the open your eyes to a whole new universe. There's a demon face on an album cover or something, uh, you, you know, and then they've actually interviewed this guy called Father John Sada, who's one of like the, I looked into him, he's like one of the hundred uh, current exorcists practicing in the United States that are approved by the Pope himself and that visit the Vatican and have like reunions together so to cool. discuss that new technology and stuff. Off. That is fucking awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's such a fun job. You just play pretend like I am exercising you. Give me $10,000. Uh, quote, uh, says Father John Sada, quote, the imagery Travis Scott projects, whether he does it for commercial reasons or intentionally, it certainly projects satanic imagery and satanic practice. No question. Uh, he is at the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg in Pennsylvania. And he continued to say, quote, it's possible Travis Scott summoned demons, but it's pure speculation. Even if he summoned demons unwillingly, he opened the door and they just took advantage of it. The Harrisburg Exorcist also pointed to reports that some festival attendees were, quote, needle spiked with opioids such as ketamine or fentanyl. Quote, whoever was going around sticking needles into people was definitely under demonic influence, maybe even possessed, he told the Daily Caller. And then they just have people's crazy tweets. They just have literally like the, the shit that we can't even use on our show because it would look like we're just cherry picking the craziest people on the internet that's what the daily caller has just <laughs> sitting at the bottom of the article with no other conclusion the text is done before you just get fed people including a man by the way the first quote is by a man who goes on twitter by shockadelikov this is a regular that's a regular title i don't understand that's my alt actually sorry Seems, <laughs> seems like they're using the word holocaust oh i didn't uh, okay, cut that out actually too late not getting late. cut out now uh another balkan <laughs> mistake by the serb Liv agar <laughs> look it happens but like this is insane i mean it is like that is it's like a plot to like a blumhouse movie that like a a rapper unwittingly like opens a portal yes. to hell at the festival and five friends you know must uh must escape it, it, it's just also, the the whole premise of the 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 article is it's, it's like it would be like oh we asked like the the world's leading expert in gremlins to see if uh, this was gremlin related. <laughs> it's like and the, we confirmed it is in fact a gremlin related incident confirmed. I just think it's really sad that you know no one ever wants to talk to Catholics about the finer point of theology. It's always just about the demon stuff. <laughs> My favorite uh, is that the Daily Caller writer, Jack Greenberg, who looks exactly what you'd think, like he looks like a, if you stretched Ben Shapiro slightly in like a Photoshop. Um, and he's listed here as Texas native, aspiring writer, contributor and reporter. Hey, one day maybe, huh? I believe in you, King. You're, yeah. He's going to make those books where it's like a raptor had sex with Satan. <laughs> <laughs> But it just kind of starts off with like the first two chapters and then the rest are all just random tweets. It's like, oh, I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> tweets and illustrations. But I mean, uh, uh, there's something weird about this idea just from, you know, I'm trying to put myself in, in their shoes that like that mere imagery alone can summon, you know, these dark evil forces. It's like, well, we've got like pictures of God and and Jesus all around and you don't see like, you know, the you know, um, amazing miracles happening uh under a big, you know, printout of, 
Jesus or, you know, I guess what you would consider, uh, you know, positive uh, religious imagery but they do believe that miracles like happen every day yeah. they feel the they feel the force of the divine in their everyday lives so that's like a normal thing for them like when like you know when things go well they they uh you know attribute that to divine forces so so it makes sense that you know when things go horribly they would attribute that to demonic forces yeah that you makes ever sense. seen you ever seen anyone uh, die at an enya concert where they show Anne getty's photos in the background i don't think so mm. no. That's a beautiful experience. It's it's pacifistic. Nobody's injecting each other with drugs, and no one's. Enya never gets turned. She never tells her. She never tells her audience to just go wild. Anyway, it's a, it's a fucking horrible horrible event, and you know my my heart goes out to every everybody that was there, especially the people who were injured or lost yeah. their lives. I just read yeah, there's a Reuters article that um, another person. Um, who was severely injured at the concert has passed away, so the death toll has now risen to nine. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, and like, let's be clear: like, tr- Travis Scott has a hand in organizing these things as well and running all of this as well. And oh, so yeah, he's like he, one of the event uh, yeah. coordinators. I Every mean, person making money that 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 had a say or was in the room while logistics were figured out or signed any of these contracts has blood on their hands, uh, in my opinion, and it's because they are literally cutting things so close to the margin. That they're like, yeah, you know, I mean, some definitely things will go bad. Like we're we, we're used to having ambulances come and pick people up who pass out, and so then like, what's the, the difference between you know a pile of unconscious people, which might happen more frequently at his events, uh, and he kind of ta- has talked about that, and they pass it around as like proof that he d- does demonic shit and loves to you know hurt his fans, but but the truth is like it's hard to figure out if someone's dead or passed out, and in this case. Yeah, it just got out of hand, and they were they were streaming it too. There's a, a a feature of that, the idea that it's also a live stream that you can't really stop it. It's like, oh, mom, this is an online game, you know, like we can't you can't pause, and so you that you know the guy ignoring the fan who was begging him was part of like that big live stream uh, crew that they apparently set up that made these corrals. It, so there's something I think about like yeah, the idea of well, no, I mean the the whole live stream is fucked if we if we have to stop the concert. Uh, the more and more kind of pressure to to have things keep going, even if they get bad. Yeah, the next big thing I want to talk about is the ongoing occupation in Dallas from the QAnon cult Negative Forty Eight. I'm I'm sure you've seen this uh, uh, occupation. About. It's more like a happening. They're not like Nazi troops marching into Paris. Well, it's you know, <laughs> it's it, it's occupy like you yeah. know, occupy, occupy, right? Occupy. It's, right. it's a sit-in. A it's sit-in. A, it's a sit-in. It's a classic, classic sixty. Yeah, your classic sit-in. It's That's a right. Happening. But they're awaiting occupy the return deep state. of a man who's been dead for decades. So yeah, we recently discussed the uh, weird QAnon cult negative forty-eight, which gathered in Dallas to to await the return of JFK Senior and Junior, the duo. Now, this is a really troubling development, I think, because its leader, uh, Michael Protzman, has a very dedicated following of people who just eat up all of the nonsense that he spews out. Uh, For example, during a live streamed indoor gathering with Protzman and some of his followers, Protzman claimed that Elvis Presley played the keyboard at the recent Rolling Stones concert in Dallas. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I did ask him, was that Elvis on the keyboard? And just smiled. Yes. Yes, and we asked him if he was the drunk. So at the Rolling Stones concert, Elvis was in the building. 
See, just, all of us fans, just go wild. Confirmed. Elvis is alive and still performing. And st- and performing with the Rolling Stones. That's right. Is it this is just like a geriatric cult of a dying culture where it's like there's no no one knew it's just like all mm. your favorites that died. They're still here. Yeah. And they're playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it gets even better than that, according to Protzman. Uh the Rolling Stones concert also featured uh Prince and Ooh. Aaliyah, who according to him uh appeared during a performance of the song Gimme Shelter. Okay. That's a nice story. Prince was playing drums and heels up Harris being played by Aaliyah was the backup singer that walked right down the runway all the way to the front and was featured in the show, in the song. Evil it's only a shot away. It's only a shot away because it's ITS is forty-eight. Evil is forty-eight. That's why I'm negative forty-eight. So he was doing a little oh. freestyle gematria there at the end, trying to tie everything together. So oh are we all are we all God. moving to, to gematria now because we found out that being yelled out like eighteen hundred times has had an effect? Yeah, 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 fine. Yep. If yeah. we're uh, yeah, pronouncing it. it right, yeah, we don't like being yelled at. You're right. You know? Stop yelling at us get, about us saying gematria. Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess if there is one band uh, that is going to bring uh, other, you know, deceased musicians back from the dead, it's it is going to be the Rolling Stones because they've kept mm-hmm. Mick Jagger alive uh, through witchcraft. I'm sure for mm-hmm. yeah, probably the last 15, 20 years, maybe. The inclusion of Alia does like strike me as quite confusing, like. Uh, a lot of his like followers a big fan of Alia I sort of get you know Elvis Presley and uh, JFK Jr and you know I sort of understand even Prince to a certain extent that's sort of their generation but Alia when Alia died there were tons of conspiracy theories circulating oh. around her death so I, I I mean it does it does seem a little bit it does seem a little bit sort of out of character for the for mm-hmm. the cast of musicians that you would sort of place uh, at this event, but um, I think maybe because Aaliyah sort of she died really young, you yeah. know she you know some people claim that she died under you know uh, mysterious circumstances, uh, you know I believe it was a plane crash and yeah plane crash. And so, you know, much like you know, look, any famous person that dies in a plane crash is fair game, I think, for the QAnon community. Yeah. Right. May I uh, interest you in a side note that in this realm of uh, gematria, I, I suppose, uh, Tommy Numbers, obviously our best boy, the one we all love and know, uh, the best at the game. And I wanted to play you a quick, uh, very recent clip from uh, October 29th in which Tommy uh, bakes a meal, his meal, at a restaurant. Uh, So I just wanted to show you how far. So to clarify, it's not him, you know, getting the ingredients out, sort of measuring them. Literally baking. It's interpreting the special secret meaning of. He's interpreting the way that his meal was served. Well, first of all, it's a barbecue. So there are baked beans. So I suppose there was some baking, but it wasn't done Mm -hmm. by him. So now he's looking down at his plate, and he's about to bake both the food, the words of his food, and also the name of the uh, smokehouse, I guess, that he's at. Good evening, everyone. It's Tom Sidney Bushnell, AKA Numbers, here at uh, Site Club. So, I'm being treated to this wonderful meal. 
at this wonderful steakhouse and um, this is the name of it so it's oaked handcrafted barbecue so oak is 27 add the apostrophe that's 133 and then add d which is four takes to 164 comes to the mothership comes to thomas apostle mark the apostle comes to my buddy jack edward aiken kid uh, handcrafted is 84 arizona million sunday barbecues 21 of add those together comes to 105 comes to savior comes to internet we add them all together comes to 269 which is trump tower 169 the great awakening thomas bushnell plus time machine which is 100 or reversal or the reset or the exchange and that all comes to 269 so 269 trump tower plus time machine it also comes to the third parallel so 269 comes to the third parallel so uh this is awesome check it out i'll put the link in below so people can check it out and dallas uh, texas dallas is uh 49 if i remember rightly and then texas is 69 that comes to 118 comes to the awakening the storm the silver the matrix so have a good one everyone bye Travis is losing it. He Travis is losing his mind. I can I can see him I can see him turning into one of the the like seaweed creatures uh, at the bottom of the ocean in the little mermaid. Um, okay, so he's got he's got the apostles, he's got the mothership, the he's Matrix. got Trump Tower, mm. he's got uh the Great Awakening, he's got um uh, what else? What else did he have in there? I mean, he's just... got ribs. He's got chicken. He's got brisket. He's got bacon. and this motherfucker is eating better than anybody who's watching his videos. Like this is such a fucking slap in the face. He's like, yeah. yeah well, um, look at um, you know, we've got uh, all of this symbolism in this uh, you know, very expensive uh, decadent meal that I'm about to enjoy. Looks fantastic. I'm going to be very full. My belly will be very full, and it will allow me to um. You know, put together some more numbers for you. You know, AKA numbers. I, anytime he says that, I, when he's like AKA numbers, I'm like, I'm like, you. This is a person who would spell numbers with like a three. Tommy, Tommy, I'm really enjoying the meal, but could you just shut the fuck up while we eat our burgers? <laughs> this oh is the, th the every every day you do this three times a day with anything I cook you. you. I'm leaving, Tommy. <laughs> it's me or the numbers, Tommy. It's me. <laughs> How strange. How strange that your plate of, of, of rice, uh, your yeah. ribs, your coleslaw, uh, your baked beans. How weird that it all adds up to Trump and QAnon and the Great <laughs> Awakening and aliens. Like, oh. And then he's oh, like, fantastic oh, I'll leave, for you. I'll leave a link to this fucking steak place if you enjoyed these numbers. Like, you should come here and eat. <laughs> you should come like, here and what? eat and read the numbers. Yeah, yeah I mean, you might get a good plate. You know, somebody goes in there like, they're like, I baked my meal and like, all I got is like, I'm down like 45 bucks. Like, I don't know. There's like 800 British people in there every night counting their beans <laughs> uh but yeah so that just, just a kind of side note to in the middle of uh, uh travis's story about this guy because these are the kinds of people that will populate what we're about to learn about which is the compound the numbers compound tommy will be the custodian yeah i mean this is really i mean the, i've always been concerned about like you know the way they um they infuse every little thing with a heavy amount of meaning because it's really a way to disassociate from any sort of like shared reality or consciousness. I mean, they're entering the metaverse without a VR headset. They're already there.
So first of all, I want to thank uh, 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 Karma Twenty Twenty One on uh, uh, for putting those clips up. So uh, I have no idea what anyone would listen to this madman, but uh, some of them are really, really dedicated. So even a week after JFK Jr. was a no-show on November 2nd, a small number of true believers still gathered in Dallas. Reporter Stephen Monticelli even recorded a group of negative 48 followers singing Take Me Home Country Roads, except they replaced the line West Virginia with Daily Plaza. He late he he later tweeted that they also replaced uh, Mountain Mama with uh, with Dealey Plaza, so they were kind of freestyling. It's also been reported that a rapper known as Prime Minister, that's Prime with a Y, P-R-Y-M-E, has has offered the use of a property near Dallas so they can have a permanent headquarters in the Promised Land, which is, of course, Dallas, because that's where JFK was assassinated. Uh, So, yeah, we're getting into weird, of course, at first, of course... This is like the the ultimate conspiracy cult where where the, the the spot where JFK was assassinated is a holy spot and they must gather around and sing and uh, occupy this general area until uh, uh, he returns. Apparently, you know, Prime Minister also has been in videos interviewing um, Juan Osaven as well. So they're all yeah. they're all like buddies online. Uh, it's unclear whether he has. Uh, a ton of money to do this or whatever, uh, but he does have some pretty good uh, rap songs about how God is God is all extremely cool rap name by the way. Just like you hear yeah. about Canadian <laughs> politics once, and you're like, that Prime Minister, that sounds fucking cool. Mm-hmm. But but what if the I was a Y? That's even cooler. I think he's I think he's playing on it because for him it's like a ministry, right? Oh, like Prime Minister. Nice. He's like preaching yeah, the truth. No, yeah, I also my <laughs> my also first thought was like just like yeah the political position, but I guess he probably does mean it in a religious sense. But so, yeah. do you want to hear a little bit of the song? Just a little snip. Of course. Yeah. Travis, before we move on, can you tell us what the hell these tweets are that you've put in the document here by Hot Tub Twin? Yeah, so so Hot Tub Twin is one of a handful of Twitter users who have been sort of listening to the Negative 48 um, live chat. And this seems to be like one of the main ways that the group communicates. There are these live chats that on Telegram that get thousands of listeners and which people chime in. I listen to like one of them for hours and God bless anyone who actually does that regularly because they are exhausting to listen to. But Hot Tub Twin reports that uh, during one of these live chats, uh, one of the moderators in the Dallas channels live chats revealed yesterday that the Washington Monument is having sex with the White House building every (laughs) noon and therefore must be torn down. (laughs) All right. That's just the start of the sentence. 
What every noon it just like <laughs> every there's that sun at the top yeah. at the apex. Time to looking, go fuck the White House. Again. Fine as hell, that sexy ass building. <laughs> <laughs> In like the hottest midday sun. Is it, wait, is it like a um uh, forgive me if this is like really ignorant, I don't really know DC architecture that well. Mm-hmm. But is it something to do with the shadow? That they're saying that like the shadow touches the White House and that's like a sexual that's sexually symbolic. The oh, the Washington Monument is right across from the White House, so maybe mm. the shadow points provocatively towards the White House. I mean, yeah. man, I or, could not. De- or it kind of like it kind of loosens up like the Pink Panther and then it just <laughs> kind of comes off and it goes over there and just pokes its head through the front door of the White House. No matter how much cool Western culture we build and come up with, we always have like the penises of ancient Egyptians threatening our buildings. <laughs> so Hot Tub Twin writes on uh, Twitter that that uh, this moderator on this live chat says that the U.S., U.K., and Canada will become one country <laughs> once JFK Jr. returns. Back to back bangers. Yeah. On that. Yeah. So <laughs> they took him out because he was trying to do that. Yeah. It's very strange. It's, this is very gl- weird globalist idea. It sounds like something like Jerome Corsi would like freak out about. It's like they're trying to make the U.S., U.K., and Canada a single country or something. Yeah, that doesn't make sense because if you worship 1776, you worship your independence yeah, your from independence the British. You don't want to be... The fuck? Plus, last time the U.K. entered into any kind of coalition, you know, they really didn't uh, make the best <laughs> they of it. So I don't think it, anyone yeah. wants wants to invite them over anymore. <laughs> Yeah, they'll just leave beans on your porch. <laughs> hey, it looks like Canada's not home. Those beans have been sitting on its porch for. <laughs> Let's go get them. <laughs> Let's annex it. Hot Tub Twin goes on to say uh, Guy dials in. He's about to lose his home in foreclosure and asks how long the wait until JFK Jr. returns. Mod says the home he's losing, he's not really losing because it's a movie. Also says he's losing the home to save the children, but then says it's still a movie. The group concurs. Oh, that's Mad. so sad. That's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, all, all of this. I mean, it's like I I mean, it's this kind of stuff like I, I also heard on the, on the live chat. I can't obviously confirm this stuff without without uh, the audio, but it sounds plausible. And uh, yeah, it's 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 more of the same where people who are like, you know, uh, losing stuff or they're in tumultuous uh, times. And so they look to this this community, this instant, easy community to enter for answers. And it's disastrous. Yeah. Extremely revealing. Right. It's literally a movie. So you don't have to worry about anything. I, I don't understand how that could possibly be comforting, but I guess I guess if you don't have anything, then some random guy telling you that you're in a movie, I guess you don't don't think about it, which is tragic. Yeah, I guess you're like movies have happy endings, so like this will all whoever's the the, the screenwriter is gonna work something out for me, like right, yeah. or like it's not real, and but then like is that are we in the Matrix or something? I, I I wonder what the 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 extended logic of that is. But then you're experiencing like the very real effect of like getting served the papers and going mm. through the the sort of legal process of of losing your house. And it's like, what I, from now on when he gets that stuff is he like, ah, oh, these are all props. It's, it's all props. 
just kind of spinning around the room, making the gym from the office face, trying to find the camera. <laughs> in other news, the Durham investigation, which, if you'll remember, was one of the last things that Q uh, posted on 8chan uh, before going offline, seemingly permanently, was just one word, Durham. And uh, he was referring, of course, to John Durham, who was tasked by Bill Barr to look into the origins of the Russia investigation investigation into Donald Trump's campaign. And surprisingly, I think to everybody, he he's actually made a couple arrests. There was the one guy who altered an email to say that uh, Carter Page had not been an intelligence asset uh, in the past for the FBI. There was the lawyer, uh, Michael Sussman. And now uh, he has arrested one of the sources for the Steele dossier, a guy named Igor Danchenko. And uh, he's been charged with five counts of lying to the FBI um, about the nature of his uh, about the nature of his sources that he provided to Steele. If you've um, listened to the lost episodes, this is a real throwback because Jake has the same level of excitement on his face, and honestly, he was right all along. There was something fishy. <laughs> no, I'm there surprised. I'm surprised that, that this has gone any you know that this has gone anywhere and and just like a lot of this shit you know a lot of this stuff is is process crime uh, uh, apparently the the sort of gist of the of the allegations are that Igor Donchenko, um, who passed information along to Christopher Steele, uh, was not forthright in the fact that, um, at least the Durham indictment alleges, uh, that uh, some of the information that he passed on to Christopher Steele that ended up in the, in the dossier itself, which was published by BuzzFeed, um, came from a longtime Democratic operative named Charles Dolan Jr., who had worked on um, Bill Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton's uh, campaign, and he worked on Hillary Clinton's first campaign and volunteered on her 2016 campaign. And basically, the evidence in the indictment is that uh, you know, uh, information that was conveyed in emails to Igor Donchenko appeared almost almost word for word, very similar sentiment in what ended up in the Steele dossier. And uh, and Igor, when interviewed by the FBI, said that you know his source was you know he did not mention that his source was uh, Dolan. So, I mean, it's like really boring. I mean, it's pretty boring. Shit, I think that a lot of you know a lot of people in in the QAnon world are are pretty excited about it. But like every like in the Matrix did a whole segment on it where he's like boom 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 the dominoes are falling the walls are closing in, and it's like you know they're not even just happy that okay hey like this guy that we said was gonna bring the whole thing down has exposed a couple kind of you know you know small time sort of uh, you know offenses you know in in digging into this to this dossier and the investigation at large it's it's that oh well this means that the big one is about to come it's like it's not enough that you know hey he actually you know he actually produced i mean you know believed to be seen whether it, it goes anywhere, you know. Do you think this means that we can no longer enjoy Tom Arnold's P-Tape TV show? <laughs> do, will they have to... Re <laughs> do they have to take that off streaming? 
there's stuff about that in the indictment too. Basically, that was based on rumors from staff, and that you know that later when asked about it, you know they said that oh nobody said anything about a P tape. They were just literally showing you know giving a tour and showing people the presidential suite, and so it brings you know it brings into question uh, you know just just exactly how accurate that that PP tape claim is. Yeah. Um, but what it doesn't do, and I want to be clear. <laughs> I'm going to believe that's my QAnon. Yeah. I believe Pete. She's out. It does not cast any doubt or um, it does not invalidate uh, the FBI's reasoning for uh, opening the Crossfire Hurricane investigation. That happened long before this. Yeah, the investigation was opened because Papadopoulos claimed that he heard that um, that uh, the Russians had dirt on Trump, and this was related to an Australian diplomat, and this was related to the FBI, and also that combined with the Russian meddling was the basis for the investigation. Yeah, this this really only has to do with the FISA warrant that they applied for to get on Carter Page. Uh, which the Steele dossier was used um, in some, uh, you know, sort of corroborating uh, factor to open those FISA warrants. So that's really only what this is about. And and naturally, I think you're the average. Q- I haven't seen too many people, uh, too many of your average QAnon believers, sort of really getting super excited about this because they're way beyond Spygate at this point. You know, they are. They are JFK Jr. is going to return. Uh, Trump is the secret president. Um, you know, Biden. You know, Biden is 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 only you know only presides over America, the corporation. They've moved on from this. So you do have guys like in the Matrix who will bring it up because, you know, I think that they look at it as like, oh, well, this is a proof that, you know, that Q knew what he was talking about, that we were right all along, that Durham's going to, you know, get scalps. Uh, I've, I've, I've seen that. In a bunch of reporting, Technofog did a did a did a uh, Substack post about it, and they're like, Durham's got another scalp, and it's like, so you basically, know. Uh, you know, to summarize. Jake was right. 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 Right right about Epstein, and he was right about everything. No, this is just some like human shit. I think it. You know, the indictment sort of reads like Igor Igor Donchenko was. You know, he he wanted to help. He wanted to be, you know, he wanted to have the clout. Uh, There's emails where he's going back and forth saying that he's working on a project against Trump. He's very pro Clinton. Is there any is there any pleasure, Jake? Is there any trace of the old Jake that I remember? (laughs) This is this is a coach by (laughs) Travis hologram. (laughs) No, this is nuanced, not optimistic. Yeah, right. Not not thinking the whole thing. I think I think having a bigger audience has sort of caused Jake to calm down a little bit because because before <laughs> when it was just you two you weren't having people yelling at you on Twitter no it's a whole new ball game now but no yeah. it sounds like a real burn after reading situation again the mm-hmm. uh, movie that really sort of defines our age yeah, yeah, yeah. except I, like I, I, except not funny and so boring and you have to learn like all these Russian names that you'll never use again <laughs> I know <laughs> So dumb. The other story that uh, made the news rounds was that Demi Lovato became an ambassador for the streaming service Gaia, which we talked about in the last premium episode. Of course, Gaia, the show that features uh, resurrected uh, movie stars from beyond and um, and uh, aliens and um, spiritual stuff, astral projection, all that fun stuff. 
So Lovato has always been kind of new agey. Uh, Lovato previously got into pill programming when they hosted the UFO hunting show uh, Unidentified. Uh, Lovato also has a uh, fairly pilled podcast called 4D with Demi Lovato. Hasn't hasn't quite ascended to 5D yet. Just 4D. It's, it's getting there. Yeah, especially. Especially if she's watching more Gaia. You know that De- Demi's show, Unidentified, is on like Peacock. Like it's a huge mainstream. Yep. <laughs> and at the same time, they're announcing that uh, they're becoming a Gaia TV ambassador and launching a sex toy. Yep. The, the Demi wand. <laughs> the Demi wand. So there's a lot of things happening. So here's the announcement uh, that L- Lovato made on the partnership with Gaia, to their 118 million followers. Thrilled to be a We Are Gaia ambassador. Understanding the world around us, the known and the unknown, is so exciting to me. Check out my stories to learn more. <laughs> so, again, this is a really troubling development because, like, Gaia isn't just a fun, you know, uh, it's a streaming service to expand your consciousness. There are little, there are literal QAnon promoters doing talk shows. There's, there's Pizzagate. There's false flag theories. There's also uh, weird uh, theosophical stuff. It's, uh, it's basically a pathway to radicalization. And like, like if you marinate in this content. Then uh, it could easily, you know, lead to someone uh, to QAnon or something worse. <clears throat> Did you know that, you know, obviously as part of being an ambassador, Demi Lovato drew up a list of sh- shows that they enjoy, and uh, one of them was one that claims that Atlantis is real, mm. uh, and the other one uh, believes that there was a war between giants and reptilians in our history. Yeah, giants is like a huge historical conspiracy theory, isn't it? I hadn't really realized how much mm-hmm. so until I like started doing a history podcast and the amount of comments you get about giants are just insane. Yeah, there's a lot of biblical theories. I mean, Mud Fossil is super into the uh, giant men of old or whatever that they list in the Bible. And Skyrim is super into giants. <laughs> right. <laughs> also, people who don't play Skyrim, but also just think that they're used to walk people on earth who walked uh, among us who were like 12 feet tall the titans uh, well many people expect uh, canada to be a very polite and not insane country <laughs> collection of people yes oftentimes that is very much so not the case there was a recent poll done by ledger i believe about conspiracy theory sentiment in canada Canada is different than America because the rate at which civic nationalism and belief in systems is degrading is much slower than America. But Canada also depends culturally on just entirely on American exports. So you have this problem of like, well, if you're a right-wing Canadian, you look at pilled stuff. That's, that's the avenue you go on. And yet everyone around you is still at least relatively trusting of, uh, let's say, the election, for instance. So this is from a a CTV article about the poll. It reads, Ledger asked a series of questions related to the conspiracy mindset. The poll company found that two in five Canadians, 40%, considered it definitely or probably true that, quote, certain significant events have been the result of the activity of a small group that secretly manipulates world events. And you might think, like, that's sort of correct, right? A little bit, depending on how yeah. you sort of manipulate yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. that quote. Yeah, it depends if the so small a... group has got like three brackets around them or not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What is the small group? Is it the richest people in the world? If so, you are correct. 
Yeah, it's a methodological issue. Um, <laughs> but another thing that's interesting from that article, almost one in three Canadians, 31%, believe that, quote, experiments involving new drugs or technologies are routinely carried out on the public without their knowledge or consent. While 17% believe that the government was, quote, covering up the link between vaccines and autism. Man. Hmm. So those are a little, a little, I mean, there, you could argue how the medical establishment have been, like, mistreating and like in certain instances, forcibly sterilizing indigenous people could apply to that 31%, which is again, a methodological problem. But I think it demonstrates something, which is that Canadians generally get their media in a lot of ways from the same places that Americans do, which is an interesting contrast between at the start of the article, where it said that uh, 78% of Canadians have strong confidence in institutions like election agency, uh, 74% of confidence in the police, 54% in the mainstream media, and 56% in the provincial and federal governments. So I think that with the former statistics going up, especially as a result of sort of a cultural influence, the latter statistics will start to go down. And also just related to failures in public institutions that you also see in America. Yeah, and also I think that a lot of these, especially when it comes to like, you know, suddenly the, the medical questions... Uh, and having them even in the same quiz or, or in the same poll as the others, everybody is seeing this through uh, the lens of the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it's like the classic anti-vax movement before pre-COVID, right? That was their main, their main like rallying cry. Essentially, was the vaccines and autism. Seventeen percent still strikes me as like quite significantly high, though. Do you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's interesting. Yeah, I do feel like the word vaccine now, uh, it, there's no way, there's no way that people can think of it uh, the way they thought of it before COVID. You know, mm -hmm. there has been uh, like a big shift again uh, backwards <laughs> And Annie's excellent podcast, the vaccine podcast, uh, I, which I highly recommend. Yeah, shows how like this stuff goes in cycles and it flares up with, you know, uh, unfortunately deaths and uh the spread of these kinds of illnesses. Because 78% of, I believe, the total Canadian population has gotten at least one jab, which is pretty high, relatively speaking. It's a very high sort of trust in medical institutions. So it's interesting, the 31% believe experiments involving new drugs or technologies are carried out on the public without their consent. Yeah. Like that's really the, uh, most of that probably, yeah, does relate to the vaccines. So, so you have like a very polarized group. And I I'm sure this is the case with most societies. Interestingly, in Brazil, you know, Bol Bolsonaro, uh, he, you know, has openly said, I don't I won't take the vaccine. He's, you know, claimed that the vaccine would cause HIV. And I don't know what a, a lot of crazy stuff, you know, but he's openly anti-vaccine. And yet the vaccination rate in Brazil is really high <laughs> because like, so, so it really doesn't matter what the leadership does. If anything, they should just do the opposite of what they want us to do at this point. It would, <laughs> it would overall encourage more people to do it. Joe Biden should go out there and be like, vaccine, you can kiss my ass. You think I'm taking a vaccine? <laughs> and it would like save America. <laughs> as soon as it becomes like taking a vaccine to own the libs, 100% yeah. vaccination rate among adults. You've already. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. But also that has to do with the very robust uh, Brazilian uh, medical system, which is way freer at the point of access. And people have real trust in despite, you know, their lack of trust in their own government, which is you know, a big issue in Brazil, obviously. Also, you could argue that Bolsonaro actually did lots of pro-vaccine 
propaganda before simply just by getting COVID like 50 times. <laughs> I, by looking like he's about to die every day. He is a billboard for the vaccine. <laughs> There's photos of him in the hospital just smiling. He's <laughs> dead. The whole country's cigarette packs just have Bolsonaro on it with no explanation. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, you know, do you have any last words uh, before we black bag you and install Jake as the Russiagate uh, wing of our new reporting group? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. It's not fair. It's not fair to pe- to peg me as as a Russiagate. I will as peg you when I please, Jake. <laughs> no, I I I denounce you. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I denounced Julian as well. Oh, you're both biting your thumbs at me. How interesting. Does anyone else want to get in on this? Denouncing Julian. I was very, I I was very reserved. I've been denouncing Julian. Yeah, Travis was was the original Julian denouncer. All right, I'll denounce Julian then. As we all should, as we, as we all should be. No, I was, Julian, I was very metered in my, uh, my yammering. Uh, I, no, no, listen, I am not kidding when, you know, I say, uh, and I repeat, Jake was right, Jake was right, Jake was right, Jake was right. <laughs> yeah, if you've listened to the show, you know one thing, I am always right, mm-hmm. I will be starting my own Substack. Yeah. The arc of history is long, but it bends toward Jake. Yes, but Travis, I mean, you know, does the arc of history bend away from you, and do you just go, this is not ideal, and continue onwards, you know, because we live in Jake's world. We do. No, what, what I see, no, of course. No, what I see is, you know, the like like the mass of people continue to refuse to believe we live in the universe that is composed solely of the void and violence. And so as a consequence of that, uh, I will have plenty of material to work with for this podcast because they yeah. will de- you take that refusal and construct insane narratives about the Washington Monument fucking the White House and um and uh, yeah. you know, uh, have have a good meaning with that. Have uh, have yeah. purpose with that. You you have no debunk of the obelisk leaving its pedestal. That's true. <laughs> you know what? You know what? That one's true. Actually, the 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 erect phallus of the of the Washington Monument absolutely does penetrate the supple White House. That happens every single day. Right, right into Abraham Lincoln's mouth. <laughs> 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 we need to listen to psychoanalysis yeah. you know it's what does the penis signify what is this what does this monument signify in relation to to your father's penis you can search uh any podcast uh platform for uh what does the penis signify uh and you'll find live agar's podcast uh which is live agar and involves you know some psychoanalysis uh of the listeners i'm pretty sure you're just dishing out advice right like a lot of it is just responding to people who are in in crisis yeah yeah handling their their (laughs) thoughts in their father's penis usually (laughs) i'm not to be clear that's not what the podcast is about no no no. what is your podcast tell us uh it's generally a politics and philosophy podcast go over current events philosophy how they apply Sometimes talk about theorists. Yeah, so go search Liv Agar uh, online. You can find all that stuff, including the Patreon. And then, yeah, Annie, once again, plugging your podcast, The Vaccine Pod, uh, which, you know, traces vaccines uh, back back to our previous panics and, uh, and beyond, right? That's right. Yeah, it's called Vaccine, The Human Story. You can find it on YouTube or any podcasting platform. And 
We actually have our episode coming out next week, which is about the original 19th century anti-vax movement. So you can all imagine just how much fun I had with that. I even played a little original anti-vax song from the Victorian drinking halls, which I really love. So yeah, go check it out. Cool. And of course, go follow the person who's always right at Real Rockatansky. We will be retiring the Travis View. uh, I would like to plug my. I'm starting a Pornhub channel, and the first the first video uh, is going to be uh, a large erect monument. uh, Oh yes. uh, Large erect monument monument penetrates mature White House. Yeah, yeah. Dominant Egyptian symbol uh, subjugates White House. Uh, Well, thank you so much uh, for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month. It'll get you a second episode every week, plus access to our entire archive of premium episodes. And if you're already a subscriber, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. It helps us stay advertising free and editorially independent. For everything else, we have a website. It's QAnonAnonymous.com. Listener, until until next week. week. May May the the deep dish dish bless you and keep you. And keep you. (laughs) That felt so awkward. And Travis did decline to participate. (laughs) (laughs) Travis didn't even say anything. I'm pretty sure he was mumbling. Like he does in church. It's not a conspiracy. It's fact. And now, today's auto cue. Just beyond the stormy night Where the darkness turns to light Waits a reckoning of wrong That will reveal we were right Our battlefield is filled with gold Flood the air with lies and smoke. Oh, but those who listen through the fear will hear the trumpets. Bell.